My name is Owen Walsh, and you're listening to the latest episode of Cabin Fever. Less a podcast than a group therapy session for writers, brewers, and friends from around the world who like to enjoy a beer together, but can't for now. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and under normal circumstances, we'd get together in the pub and thrash out our ideas over a beer or two. But we can't, because most of us now live in countries where it's impossible to go outside, never mind nip around the corner for a drink. Just a quick note before the start of today's episode to say that some of the audio quality is a bit janky, so hang in there. Uh, Secondly, we'd love to hear from listeners out there how you're getting on, what you're doing to cope, and what you're drinking. So feel free to get in touch on social media. You can find me at Owen Walsh, or you can send me an email at owen at beercity.brussels. I'd love to hear from you. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. I'm delighted to be joined this evening on the latest episode of Cabin Fever by my three guests. Uh, Matthew Curtis, co-founder of Pelicle magazine, the beer insider editor at Pelicle, as well as an award-winning writer and photographer in his own right. Hi, Matt. Hi, Owen. How are you? I'm good. Um, by Jeff Allworth, co-host of the Beervana podcast, but author of several beer books, including Secrets of the Master Brewers and the Beer Bible, the latest edition of which he's just finished. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Owen. How are you doing? I'm Sorry. good. <clears throat> and by Max Finance, Education and Training Manager at Artisanal Brewing Ventures and Advanced Cicerone. Hi, Max. Hey, thanks for having me, Owen. Uh, as usual, uh, at the start of the podcast, we're just going to do a round the room to check in with everybody and see how they're doing. Uh, maybe to kick us off, we can start with uh, Jeff. I know you just finished your lunch and I'm praying on you now, but uh, how are you doing and what are you drinking? If you're drinking anything, because as you said, it is lunchtime in Portland. Yeah, uh, I live in Oregon, which is on the west coast of the United States, which is very far from everything else, it turns out. Um, so we're, we're, uh, we watch the world go by, and then we wake up in the morning, and you're already in the evening. Um, I'm doing pretty well. I'm drinking a Stumptown uh, Ethiopian uh, single farm coffee uh, for, the, for the midday tipple. Um, and, but I do have a Freem and a Little Beast in the fridge for tonight. Uh, both uh, barrel-aged saison kind of beers, so I'm looking forward to those. And Matt, how are you doing, and what are you drinking? Uh, I'm well, thank you. Uh, I'm I'm better for those who who were worried about me. I was quite <laughs> poorly, uh, probably with the, the the thing that we're all worried about uh, for a couple of weeks. And yesterday, while I was out running, uh, because I do take my government mandated exercise once a day, I fell over. So. Uh, I, uh, I grazed my knee and, and banged my hip a bit, but um, I'm, uh, I'm okay. Um, I've got a couple of beers because I, I drink quite quickly when I'm talking. Um, I've got um, a, a pale ale from Exhale Brewing uh, here in London, um, who are a great new brewery, uh, who've been doing some fantastic things. And I've got a Brett Pilsner uh, from um, London Beer Factory, who've been really flying under the radar with this stuff. Um, I'm going to open that in a bit and I'm looking forward to seeing how it's tasting. And uh, last but not least, Max, how are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing well, uh, all things considered. I think, you know, I haven't had the COVID yet. Uh, I haven't fallen over running anytime recently. So both pluses <laughs> there. Um, trying to avoid the, the cabin fever, not the podcast, the actual mental health issue. But other than that, uh, and all things considered for these times, I think I'm doing quite well. Uh, right now I'm just drinking a little bit of cold brew coffee cause I am planning to tune into the Cicerone podcast later on the, uh, Saison style. So I've got a Saison DuPont set aside for that, but I figured I would save the drinking for a bit later. 
It sounds good, and we'll give you we'll give you a pass because you're also ba- you're you're based on the East Coast, so you know it's still early enough in the afternoon. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm also in America, but I am on the East Coast in Connecticut, so three hours ahead of Jeff. Um, I usually forget to tell you uh, what I'm drinking, but I'll do that now, real quick. I'm drinking a Berliner Weiss, which is a beer from Brasserie de Borinage, which is a very small and pretty new brewery. Uh, based in Belgium, just outside of Mons, in the French-speaking part of the country to the west. And uh, I'm pretty good. I did think I was starting to get the coronavirus because I woke up with a cough and I felt a bit bit lurgy during the week, but uh, I think that's just me not taking enough care of myself. But anyway, the show's not about me, so we will carry on. Jeff, maybe we can uh, check in with you and you can tell us a little bit about the beer Bible now that you're done, more or less. You know a little bit about this because I visited Belgium last fall and you took me around, which was great. Um, so I was up, I had to update a fair amount of information. It turns out beer changes more rapidly than I anticipated, um, particularly I think the 2010s. Beer itself, like beer styles, the way beer is made and drunk, probably changed more than it had since the 80s. Um, so I had to update some stuff. Uh, I added a few new chapters. Um, and just kind of spruced it up for the second edition. And um, did the lockdown or the stay-in-place orders that you guys have had, was that helpful in getting you across the line in terms of hitting your deadlines? You know, it didn't affect me at all. I, my, I work from home anyway, and um, so uh, my wife has her own business, so she was still going to work. So our life looked really kind of typical, and, you know, superficially. I'd get up and work on the stuff I work on at home and she would go off to work. And uh, meanwhile, you know, the world is burning and it felt very weird to be in this kind of bubble where my life was going along normally and everyone else was seeing all these rapid changes. Um, So, you know, I I think there's a way in which we're all interconnected uh, at a kind of a deep level that we don't always take notice of. And it's in moments like this, we really feel it. We feel like that, that way in which we're, all on the same web, and when somebody wiggles on a strand way over there, you feel it over here. Um, so it, it's been odd, uh, but um, getting through, I guess. Yeah, I saw you You put up a blog post, or you put up a couple of photos on Facebook recently. You were taking a bit of a cycle through Portland. Uh, what's this? What's, what's the vibe there like now at the moment? Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, did, I do ride my bike for exercise, so I often... I'm out rambling around on my bike, um, just looking at things. And my normal route takes me through residential areas. And there, the um, there's quite a bit of activity as people are walking around and on bikes. Uh, actually, more people on foot or on cycles than in cars, uh, which in the United States is quite rare. Um, but when I went downtown, which was kind of the commercial district, um, nobody was down there. And it was had a really post-apocalyptic vibe, uh, which uh, was both fun to see and also slightly unsettling. I do remember, um, I think it was Friday the 13th, I went out to a pub and it was the last pub I went to. And I remember it very clearly because I saw the owner whom I know there and we hugged each other just reflexively, you know, just yeah, couldn't help it. And then the next day I started getting a scratchy throat and feeling a little weird. And I, and I thought, oh my God, did I just infect people at this bar and my friend Adam? And this is terrible. So uh, I think we're all having these kind of shocks that um, are making us really mind what we're doing here. At least yeah, uh, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking about it. The last person outside of my immediate family that I physically touched was a brewer. Um, the day before you had your last beer outside. 
It's strange to think back on that now. Obviously, uh, or fortunately, we've been very lucky. He's not ill. I haven't become ill. Um, Matt, you're the first person that we've had on the show who is who has gone through the ringer. And I know you had a pretty tough time of it um, a couple of weeks ago. So apparently I suffered what, what was uh, called mild symptoms. Um, but it's probably the most ill I felt as an adult. Um, uh, you know, I've not had any prolonged periods of illness um quite a healthy person look after myself but um this was um i'd been at the uh, the ceba uh the society of independent brewers the the uk equivalent of the uh, the brewers association uh their um, beer x annual conference which went ahead the government said that gatherings could go ahead that week and um the attendance was was pretty down but there were still several hundred people there maybe into the into the uh, the low thousands uh, i stayed in a hotel uh, full of people from Madrid who were there to watch Liverpool versus versus Atletico Madrid um, uh, the same night. And Madrid was at the start of this huge outbreak. And, you know, we were sharing elevators and, and, and the breakfast bar and, and all of that. And I, I'd uh, the last I travel a lot for work the last few weeks. I've been traveling around on trains and I'd been super careful washing my hands, just 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 doing everything they said. But you know, it it, it it kind of felt inevitable. And I was back from that for two, the last, you know, the last person I saw outside of my partner, Diane, uh, who I live with, um, was, was a brewer. I went to visit Neptune Brewery in Liverpool. And, um, and I had to sort of, when I woke up with a fever on Sunday, on the Sunday, uh, I, I laid, lay in bed for an hour thinking, is this a fever? Is this a fever? And then when Diane woke up, I'm like, I think I've got a fever. And she got a thermometer and went, yeah, you, you do have a fever. And then I progressively, over 24 hours, got worse. I was lucky the fever only lasted about another 24, 48 hours. But then I was just so fat- yeah. so fatigued. The cough came. Uh, the lungs were heavy. And then I got anosmia, which is um, where you lose your sense of taste and smell. Um, this is the second time I've had that. So I was pretty confident it would come back. But for people who've gone through it for the first time ever... Um, worried it wouldn't come back especially beer professionals thinking what if i can never uh smell or taste again that's like pretty important to the job um so um it was pretty dramatic and i i got, I got to i mit, kind of missed out on the first sort of uh zoom beer uh conversations and all that because um I, I couldn't put two thoughts in front of each other um i tried to do some work and could barely concentrate so it was a good two-week recovery and now looking back now and i i feel 100 percent again it feels weird to think how how um how sick i was and and um so i'm freelance i've been freelance for four years i work from home so so this is in terms of working at my desk that's pretty normal and I'm watching people adjust to that, and I know it took me six months to get used to it. It was it's it's, <laughs> it's a weird thing, and I and I struggle to motivate myself at the best of times. And at the moment, the, the motivation is thin on the ground. I'm thankful that I've got some really good meaty projects on the go at the moment, and uh, I've got Pellicle, um, my my magazine that I do with Johnny Hamilton, which is taking up a lot of time too. So so I'm busy, and that feels good. I just I just really want to go to the pub. Yeah. So what do you, can you talk about what you're working on? Yes, I can. I've not really talked about this much, uh, but I'm writing my first book, um, ah. um, which is uh, about pubs in London. And um, uh, uh, that's about all I can say at the moment. But um, 
I, I, I've did some of the research and uh, I, I will have to wait to do the rest of that. But I'm working with a publisher, a small independent publisher that's been really keen and uh, supportive and uh, want to plow on with that. So that's been fun. And um, my regular columns haven't really dried up uh, writing Ferment magazine. And then all of my energy has been put into um, propping up Pellicle. Uh, so we founded that um 11 months ago or 11 and a half months ago and uh we're completely funded by uh, our sponsor which is an independent beer shop and and through patreon um and we we pay all our contributors um you know we we have a policy that we we don't accept free content we're about supporting freelancers and so i had to put in some things to try and keep that going i we had about four months worth of cash in the bank and now we've got about six um we've been building an online shop this week uh, long overdue we've got some merchandise to sell so just figuring out ways to keep that going so we can we've put commissions on hold but we think we'll be commissioning some more work at the end of april um we've got some some great stuff coming up uh, and that's been a real boon because whenever i become complacent uh, i can go well i can just uh, edit something on pellicle or i'm sure there's something that can be improved or, or thought about so it's it's been great to have that yeah uh, to have something to take your mind off of it and i imagine that's you know going to become even more as this sort of continues to drag on without a particular end in sight uh, max maybe we can bring you in just now i mean as somebody working in a brewery what's the situation like for you right now up there in connecticut yeah so things are uh definitely i mean my world is different now than it would have been if we weren't in the middle of quarantine i do typically work from home a lot uh being in connecticut i used to, so i used to do sales for Six Point Brewery before we merged with Artisanal Brewing Ventures. Uh, now my role running education and training for Artisanal Brewing Ventures. I still live in Connecticut, but I am down in New York City at Brooklyn uh, at Six Point Brewery. Once, sometimes twice a week, depending on what the schedule is. I do run their sensory program for all their brewers, that sort of training. Uh, so that obviously requires travel. And typically I do spend a lot of time on the road as well. In March and April of this year, I think I had seven trips planned. Uh, I was supposed to be in Asheville, North Carolina. I was supposed to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was supposed to be in Germany for a week. So I'm pretty bummed that I'm missing out on that one. Uh, and then, you know, some other smaller trips to work with some of our distributor partners. Normally I do a lot of work with our distributor partners and that sort of training, training for our sales team and our marketing teams, uh, internal stuff, but also training on the account level. If it's a high level account or a chain uh, and they want to do some beer training for their staff or their buyers or front of house staff, if it's a restaurant group something like that, you know, that stuff works better when you can travel. Uh, some of that has shifted and I'm doing a lot of trainings these days via Zoom and via Microsoft Teams meetings and, you know, all of these things where you could sort of video conference, uh, which is good. I'm, I'm happy to be doing that training and giving people learning material, but it's definitely, I don't think it's quite as impactful or as effective via screen as it is when you get to stand in front of a group of people and drink beer yeah. alongside them and you know compare tasting notes in person versus via the e-learning and i mean how is the brewery doing or adapting to the new normal because you guys are quite i mean you're sort of a not a conglomeration isn't the right word but you're an amalgamation of several different breweries yeah we are so so uh, artisanal brewing ventures is a combination of six point brewery which is based in brooklyn Southern Tier Brewery, which is in upstate New York, Victory Brewing, uh, which is in Pennsylvania, and Hard Rock, uh, sorry, Bold Rock Ciders down in Virginia and North Carolina. Um, so 
a pretty big group. As a group, we've just broken into the top 10 in the BA's ranking of uh, independent craft in the United States. So we're pretty excited about that. But obviously, things are a little bit different for us than they would be for a super small brewery where 90% of their sales is coming out of the tap room and 10% mm. coming out of, you know, small local distribution. Uh, we, we're definitely feeling the pinch right now. You know, we've shifted all of our production for upcoming seasonals from, you know, a, a healthy mix of draft and package to <clears throat> only cans for the foreseeable future or cans and bottles. Um, you know, because the, the draft lines just aren't there right now. All of the restaurants and bars that we would be sending kegs to are closed down. So it yeah. doesn't make sense to put a seasonal beer into kegs if you don't have anywhere to send it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you mentioned the trip that you were due to do in Germany, because I think we were probably going to cross paths at some point on that trip. Um, when did you kind of, when was it clear to you that that, that trip and then other trips that you were planning were just like, were just absolutely not going to happen anymore? I'll be honest with you, for the Germany one, I held out hope longer than I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that one was not supposed to be a work trip. That was going to be a, a fun trip and a study trip with uh, some of my other friends who I know you know, uh, M. Souter. Um, yep. And, you know, we took a trip last year to Belgium in preparation for the Master Sister Own exam and as, as sort of a immersive cultural experience, you know, drinking Lambic at Cantillon and that uh, Trifontaine and stuff like that. This year, we were planning to go to Cologne and to Dusseldorf and to Bamberg and Frankfurt and, you know, the same thing, uh, drink Rausch beer in Bamberg. Um, so I, I was really holding out hope on that one, even longer than Emily was. She canceled her tickets and I was still holding on to mine. Um, it, it was probably three weeks before I was supposed to take off and I was supposed to have been there uh, just this past week, actually. So yeah, uh, same thing with the trip to Asheville, North Carolina. That was going to be a work trip, but it was one I was excited about because I've never been to Asheville and you hear such good things about the beer scene there that even three or four days before I was supposed to get on a plane, I was still hoping we weren't going to change our corporate travel policy, but then we did. Uh, so that had to get postponed as well. Yeah. And I mean, I know it seems probably tried to be um, sad about trips that aren't going to happen, given what some people are having to deal with, particularly people working on the front line. But I mean, these are the very clear things that are affect that are affecting us and being affected by the, you know, the global lockdowns, wherever they are, things that may not ever come back to normal. I mean, who knows when international travel will ever will, will pick up or return or if it ever does in the form that it did before. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that, isn't it? And, and like you said, you know, I, I know it sounds selfish to say that like I was holding on to hope to go to Asheville, North Carolina and drink beer when some people are facing, facing much greater sacrifices. But as you said, those are the sorts of things that, you know, bring it home and make it real for us when, when our normal day-to-day -day life stops being what it is. Yeah. And you talk about normal day-to-day -day life. I mean, it's a stupid question to ask three people who normally work from home, but, um, I've noticed myself developing some annoying tics over the last, uh, let's say, six weeks that I've been at home or annoying new habits. Have you guys noticed any kind of weird adaptations you've made in, in your day-to-day -day lives that you've noticed as a result of the current situation? You know, no, not so much. My life, I've been working at home for 10 years now, and so it's pretty normal for me uh, to do this. And it's interesting to watch other people try to figure out how to work at home, which does take an adjustment. Um, one thing that I've noticed, though, is now that everybody else is home, uh, I am on Zoom constantly. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I, I really enjoyed my solitude. I'm an introvert, you know, writer, kind of typical uh, setup there. And uh, all of a sudden now everybody's wanting to get together uh, and invade my home space all the time, which is an unexpected kind of uh, outcome. So I had to figure out ways to adjust uh, with having all these quasi meeting, quasi work meetings and, and uh, meetups and beer drinking uh, that's happening. Seems like oftentimes we're right in the middle of the day too. So uh, that's that's my adjustment. Which you know, first world problems, not the end, uh, not the hardest <laughs> thing, but uh, that that's that's new. Not really picking up any ticks uh, because, like Jeff, I've been working from home for a number of years. Uh, a couple of things I'm noticing is um, um, I'm uh, I'm noticing how the days kind of bleed into one another so much, and they and that and they feel shorter. Um, yeah. I'm going to bed. I mean, I, I, my circadian rhythm is quite late. I'm a night owl, but that's got even later. You know, I, I'll happily wake up at like 10, 30, 11, and then stay, stay awake until two, three in the morning. We don't have kids. We just have a cat who is also nocturnal. Um, so, you know, <laughs> so that's good. Um, and, and, um, so I, I travel a lot and when I travel, I neglect myself. I don't exercise yeah. as much and I eat badly and, um, we're eating really well. I'm exercising four or five days a week. And so I'm actually losing weight, which is the opposite of what, um, some people are experiencing and that's bizarre because coming back to what Max was just saying right now, I should be in, in Colorado. I should be visiting my dad. Um, my dad is from the UK, but he lives out there. So it's, I don't know when I'm going to see my dad again, which is, uh, it's just a very bizarre thing. And next week I should be going to Texas for the first time and getting really putting loads of weight on, uh, eating as much brisket <laughs> and sausage as I, as I can find and burritos and tacos, you know, and, uh, you know, that's something I, it's very selfish that I'm like, I, I really, I should be in the U S right now. Um, and, and, and indulging myself, but um uh it i'm i'm not and um i'm finding um i'm picking up my guitar a lot more i i play the guitar but i haven't i think i hadn't picked it up for about six months and sometimes i'll just sort of pick it up and start listlessly strumming and maybe think oh i'll write some music that's my that's yeah. my sourdough but then every time i try it's terrible i think any like i, I just can't do that anymore so uh it goes straight down and i, I go back to writing <laughs> Maybe maybe uh, if this goes on much much longer, you can release some sort of bootleg tape in oh, support of Pelico. The the album, it's coming. <laughs> um, I have to say, uh, as someone who has been working from home for the last six months, the big change I've seen is that because I'm my desk is two feet away from the kitchen. Uh, but because we have the kids at home and my wife's at home, uh, I work upstairs now, and I am eating Shit. a lot less than Sorry, I the, used to. The Brett beer, I've, right? the, the Brett beer I've just opened um, <laughs> is. Uh, it's lively. <laughs> it's a gusher. Yes. You sort yourself out there, so. Um, yeah, so I've been eating a lot less. Um, I can't say that I'm losing much weight because I don't have a lot of time to exercise, um, but the ambition is there at some point. Um, yeah, I feel the same way, actually. Uh, I, I definitely haven't picked up any new ticks on this, but I think kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum, I've actually gotten better at working from home because in my normal day-to-day -day life, uh, you know, pre-quarantine, uh, I might be on the road traveling for three days and then home for two days and then it's the weekend and then the next week I might be home for one day and on the road for four days. So I do work from home, but I also never quite get into the routine of doing it every day. Uh, whereas being at home for over a month straight now has given me the chance to start going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, 
eating breakfast and lunch at the same time of day. And I'm also eating healthier than I would be if I was on the road and spending a lot of time in bars. Uh, I, I was down in Texas for New Year's with my girlfriend. So before you go to Texas, Matt, I'd be happy to give you all the brisket recommendations you can handle. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going there as soon as this is over. That you know, I know Owen was saying I don't know when travel's coming back to normal, but when it does, that's the trip I'm making. <laughs> yeah, I, I would recommend it. We were in Austin and absolutely loved it. I got a lot of good recommendations before we went, and both of us looked at each other half a dozen times during the trip and said, "Yeah, we could move here." And um, that leads quite nicely into my next question for the three of you, which was uh, something we've been asking guests the last couple of weeks is where is the first place that you want to go once your lockdown is finished? Uh, Matt, you were talking about the fact that you missed the pub a lot. Yeah. So the first thing I'm going to do when the pubs open is um, so I, I live in a part of London called Crouch End, which is which is nice and the pubs are okay but i would go to covent garden which i don't really like covent garden it's very touristy but my favorite pub in the world is there the harp and um, i will have a pint of harvey's sussex best and then i will have another and then i will probably have another um and and uh, i will stay until they ask me to leave that is that's the first thing i want to do and i want to go back to lewis um i love lewis to the south where harvey's is made um a friend of mine um it's just opening a brewery there uh, called Beak Brewery, um, and they should start be hopefully brewing by the time this is all all finished. And um, another brewery I, uh, I deeply respect, Burning Sky, are down there, so I'll go and see them. And then, actually, we were planning to move to Manchester. Um, yeah. we, we, we've been in London for 15 years, and, and we, we <coughs> were planning to relocate um, and try and find a bit more quality of life because London is fast and expensive, and we want slow and less expensive. Um, so that we're going to do that. Uh, but the, the, the first thing I'm going to do, uh, once I've had that pint of, uh, Sussex best is book my flights to America. Um, I want to go and see my dad. Uh, my dad and I are very close and we should be, I should be sat in his garden, uh, drinking Odell IPA right now, thinking about where I'm going to go for lunch. But, um, it, that's, uh, that's not happening. So I'm going to make sure that happens and I, I'm hopefully we'll be able to, to figure out some sort of, um, texas trip cbc was a, a great excuse to go to texas um yeah. and and i'm gonna have to just just go anyway um and uh because uh next year that it's going to be in san diego and uh, i've been there already and I'll, I'll probably hopefully go if if it works out financially but um it's it's not the same as uh, texas so it's funny johnny garrett was on this podcast a few uh, uh a couple of weeks ago and he said he loved the show friday night lights yeah. And I also love that show, and uh, that's one of the reasons I really want to go to Texas <laughs> for because of a, a show about high school football. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting out there when this is over. Um, what about the other two guys? What about you guys? Have you uh, have you a place in mind, or even just an, an activity that you're thinking that's something that I want to um, I want to do once I can go back to normal? Well, I would say, and uh, two scales, I think. I'm definitely, in terms of traveling, I'm definitely excited to get those trips to Asheville and to Germany booked as soon as possible once things are returning to a more normal stage. Um, but the first sort of day or weekend I'm allowed to spend uh, going back to businesses that I like to support will probably be jumping in the car and hitting up a few of my favorite local breweries. Uh, I know Emily has pitched the brewery she works for before, Fox Farm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're, you know, I'm lucky enough, so they're about 20 minutes from my house. They do a great job with loggers, so that'll probably be one of my stops on the first day. I'm excited to have a, 
a check logger on a side pull faucet again, uh, rather than just from a can at home. Uh, I've got, you know, a couple other friends that have really good breweries, uh, beard brewing, outer light brewing, both within a short distance of my house. So I'll probably make a trip and visit all three of them for some, some draft beer in an environment with other humans. Yeah. It turns out I really like pubs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see a pattern emerging here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, just like many of the people uh, who've been on your show and who listen to your show, I think, uh, you know, the, the routine of life is sort of punctuated by visiting a pub. And it it really uh, was something, you know, I, I love being in pubs and I, I was aware of how much I like to be in pubs when I was in them. But I didn't realize how much my day is modulated by or my week really is modulated by thinking about the pubs that I'm going to go to. You stay at home all day, kind of in your own brain. And it's great to get out and into one of these places. Um, so when you when you don't have that, um, the beer itself is fine. I love beer, but the experience of going to a pub is not really exclusively about the, the flavor of the beer. You know, it's not like an ice cream parlor or something that you could just replace it. Um, there's something really. Uh, I think the reason most people who get into beer are into beer is because they like to be in a pub with other people drinking beer and have that that communal experience. Um, I, I really miss it. I just miss it enormously. So I, I you know, we, which one, I don't know. There's, there's one called Wayfinder, not too far from my house, uh, which is a great summer location. They have this big patio. They also make great uh, loggers. Uh, they have a great Czech logger that's uh, decocted, a Czech Pilsner that's decocted. They also have the great taps, uh, get big fluffy heads. Uh, so that would be pretty nice, but there are, you know, scores of great breweries and pubs in Portland and uh, I think about many of them throughout the day so uh, <laughs> can't wait to get back I do I also think you know people often feel like well it's not so important pubs it's not a you know not a such an important thing in life we we're awfully spoiled to think about pubs but I sometimes think the opposite and think you know this is one of the few institutions that has endured for thousands of years um, there's something kind of salient and essential about this institution to human beings and being separated from them is, is actually a decent privation. So I'm looking to get back. That sounds good. And I have my eye on a couple of pubs here as well that I definitely will be frequenting uh, at some point post September, because as of today, we told, we were told, well, we were told that the lockdown orders are until the 3rd of May, but every cultural and other kind of outdoor activity is canceled until September. So I don't expect the pubs to be opening anytime soon and um, we're getting to the end of the show and just before we wrap up uh, this is the chance for the people who come on and myself included to sound off on things that they have found either annoying or encouraging over the past week uh, as the host i usually kick it off uh, as people who follow me on twitter might have noticed i watched netflix's latest beer themed comedy show called bruise brothers um I, I, I don't want to get into it too much because I don't want too many expletives to leak out into the episode, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's not good. Let's put it like that. Don't watch it. Uh, they've, obviously, they've obviously read their Allworths and their Moshers and their Ron Pattinsons, um, but they, they seem to have forgotten how to make a good TV show along the way. So um, avoid it if you can. <laughs> so um, there's this little... Uh, I'm, I'm an avid runner and there's this little challenge... Uh, going on at the moment where you run five kilometers and you nominate uh five people to 
to run and then you donate when you've done your run you donate um five pounds to um the nhs our national health service to a charity that supports them um which is a little bit ridiculous because we literally pay taxes to have this health service um we're raising money through charity for something that the government have, have systematically cut for for 10 years uh through through conservative austerity um uh, and uh the, you know, people are looking for for small solutions um, and, and and small fixes. When if everyone just looked at the government and said you've done a terrible job, um, then we might uh, ha- we need a bit more more scrutiny. And I would say that as as a as a left winger. Um, <laughs> so instead, I donated my money to a local business, a cafe that I love, and we actually held the pellicle um launch party there last year craving coffee in tottenham um so i i I gave them my money because there are uh you know the the nhs is is massively underfunded and and the workers are going through it at the moment on the front lines and i've got some friends there and and what i see them going through is horrible um but um i would i would be cautionary in terms of giving charity to the NHS and what that might mean down the line and don't use Richard Branson's Virgin Money app to give them the money because he's the one that's been systematically gutting it um, over the last few years so that's been a bit of a bugbear of mine in an uh, otherwise generally quite positive (laughs) week it's good it's good to get it off your chest yes and oh, I just want to say the beer that exploded (laughs) the uh, Brett Pills another beer the, the Brett Pilsner from London Beer Factory, oh. it, it is actually really delicious, uh, but half of it is on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Max? Anything that you uh, you feel like you uh, need to get off your chest? Uh, nothing that I need to get off my chest this week, but I will say I found encouraging. Uh, I've been doing a good job of staying isolated and staying at home uh, nearly entirely, but I did have to go out this week to get some groceries. And compared to the last time I went out, which was probably uh, a little over two weeks ago, I thought that people were doing a better job now with social distancing and with wearing the face masks. Uh, I don't know exactly what the situation is over in the UK and in Belgium right now with face masks, but the US has been a little bit wishy-washy and then said that people should wear face masks every time they go out, even if it's just a homemade you know, piece of fabric tied around your face. Uh, so two weeks ago when I had gone out, almost no one was wearing face masks and people Honestly, we're not doing a very good job staying six feet apart from each other. And this time it seemed like everyone was taking it much more seriously. So I found that encouraging. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, here we're not obliged, but I think that might change in the future. Um, what about you, Jeff, as the last person before we wrap up? Well, uh, one of my great interests in life is also beyond beer is politics. And so uh, I've been following politics really closely as all this played out. And here in the United States, we have easily the most interesting politics uh, since the Civil War happening. Um, we have, interesting is a good euphemism. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I tried to signal what kind of interest it was by mentioning the Civil War there. Uh, we, you know, we, we, have, we have a president who is behaving one way and a, and a, a bunch of governors who are kind of behaving another way. And it's, uh, we're, we're seeing what uh, democracy looks like when it's not working very well. So that leaves me feeling simultaneously fascinated and anxious. Um, and it seems like every afternoon when our president gets up to speak, something weird comes out of it. So uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll be happening soon. So uh, I guess that's my, my, the thing that I've been focused on. Uh, and 
that may go on for a while. I kind of wish we had a, a different political uh, leadership right now, but we don't. We have what we have, so we'll just watch and see what happens with that. Um, on that slightly depressing note, um, <laughs> uh, it's okay, Jeff. It's all right. Uh, it's a safe space. Um, you, uh, we're going to wrap up. It's been fantastic talking to you guys. Sorry that we couldn't do it in person, but I'm sure at some point in the future again, we will. Uh, before I sign off, um, maybe you can just, we'll go down the line and you can tell people where people can find your stuff and what you're working on. So why don't we kick off with you, Max? Uh, yes, um, please uh, read uh, my website that I published, Pellicle Mag, uh, Pellicle Magazine, PellicleMag.com. And I also had an article uh, published today on Good Beer Hunting, my first in 18 months about malting technology that I'm very proud of. So if you go to Good Beer Hunting, you can read that. Um, and if you do enjoy Pellicle, please share our articles because we're very small. Not a lot of people know about us. And just a share can, can uh, really help people gain awareness of our little publication great i'll uh, flag that in the show notes as well uh, max what about you yeah i don't have any uh books or anything too fascinating that i'm creating in terms of content you can look for uh, i like to think i'm interesting enough on twitter and instagram sometimes my twitter gets a little bit politically leaning in ways that jeff would agree with it sounds like um <laughs> but you can find me on instagram and twitter at max finance and if you follow me on instagram at least uh, i do tend to push the social media type stuff to the virtual tap rooms we've been doing for ABV to that. So you'll, you'll get some awareness of that as well if you want to tune into those. Great. And what about you, Jeff? Yeah, uh, you can probably, easiest way to find me is uh, the Beervana blog. I've been covering some of the local breweries here and what they're doing. Uh, I've been doing a diary where they, where it's basically just them talking about what's going on. And I think that's fairly fascinating stuff. Um, your Bible uh, is still a good read for those of you who are shut in. Um, you can find it at your finest, finer booksellers. It's also available in Europe. So uh, those are uh, good places to check out, I think. I, I'm, I'm a lot of places, but those are probably the, the, higher, <laughs> the higher quality cuts. Okay. Uh, Jeff, Max, and Matt, thank you very much for being on the show tonight. Uh, stay safe. Stay well. We'll see each other again soon. But for now, uh, take care. Be well, everyone. Right, Cheers. Care. Have a great day. Thanks for having us, Owen. And that's it for today's episode of Cabin Fever. Many thanks to our guests and to all you listeners out there. If you enjoyed today's show, do make sure to subscribe and we'd really appreciate it if you'd give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using. Until the next time.